Hi everyone and welcome to Business of Building. I'm your host Gauri Lam and I'm very excited to welcome Rachel Bell. Rachel is an architect and director of partnership at Stritrek Lewin. Her journey started with a BTech in construction and then she studied architecture at Bath University. Having joined Stritrek Lewin in 2000, Rachel has worked across many different sectors. Her role now at a board level is leading the Winning Works team. Beyond her day job, she supports numerous initiatives encouraging more inclusive construction industry for the future. She has recently handed over her role as a Southwest Regional Board for Landed Youth Homelessness. She is currently a mentor with Mentoring Circle. That's how we met, and is outgoing National Chair for Women in Property 2021-2022. As an industry role model, Rachel has won many awards and accolades for her contribution. In 2018-2019, she was named as UK Construction Week role model, Property Week Resi Trailblazer, Insider Southwest Property Personality of the Year 2018, Insider Southwest Diversity Champion of the Year 2021, Southwest Mentor of the Year and was twice a finalist in European Women in Construction and Engineering Awards. I mean, stand tall Rachel, that's for sure. Rachel's mantra is stand tall, something she supports and encourages everyone to do to step up out of their comfort zone. So I'm going to dive straight in Rachel. Uh thank you so much for joining us today. I'm I've been very excited. We've been planning to meet for a while now and uh between all the festivities this will be our uh last guest podcast. So uh to wrap up the year and the first season. So I'm really really excited. I'm very honored to to be part of it. So yeah, it's really good and, and unfortunate that we can't do this in person, but yeah, at least we've got a a date and time to chat. Yes, before before you head off to your amazing holiday next week. So very jealous. Um but Rachel, um just to dive straight in, would you let us know about your journey? How how was there a love for architecture right from the beginning or was this a slow growth? Uh, I'd say it was probably a little bit of a slow growth but I did actually do a lot of work with my dad and I had a lot of family contacts that were in the construction industry so I I suppose I was exposed to understanding what what it was and what was you know the industry was about from quite an early age um my dad jokes and he even said this at our wedding that uh when i was 2 years old he was working on our roof and he turned around and i'd climbed up the ladder and i was sat on the roof just wanting to check out what he was doing so i think probably for an early age i had the the excitement and interest and i think through school i was really interested in art and cdt so craft design and technology i loved making things and so i you know that arty uh, interest and creativity was very much part of for, of growing up and i think when i got to choosing to go on to do like a levels or something i i kind of thought actually i'm i wanted to investigate doing a btech in construction i kind of knew that something there was was drawing me to it and architecture was one of those elements and yeah i kind of i just thought right i'm going to do it people had said to me that maybe btechs weren't kind of the thing to do or wouldn't be accepted at uni 
But I just thought that's actually, it's going to give me the variety. It's going to give me the background to the construction industry. And it did. It was the best thing that I chose to do in that direction. So that two-year BTEC, um, where I was out setting out road curves, doing surveying, crushing concrete cubes, doing lots of detailed design, but also planning sort of scaffolding structures and all of the maths and other elements that were, were quite broadly, you know, everything involved in the construction industry. And I applied for six universities to go and study architecture and I was accepted into all six. So I was really pleased that that decision was the right decision. Um, but it gave me a, a massive really ad advantage and gave me a great grounding to then go into architecture, having had that construction breadth, breadth of knowledge. So, yeah, that, that was it. And I, I studied at Bath Uni. So I did my part one, part two and part three at Bath Uni. Um, so that's, you know, about seven, eight years worth of studying. So it's a bit of a long haul, but Bath was great. And I chose Bath because it had a split split degree. So in our first degree, we worked very much with the engineering department. And I felt that that was kind I was felt as though I was a much more technical architect than a design architect, for instance. So that was giving me the advantage of, of working with engineers and, and starting those partnerships and, and working together um, from a very early, early stage. And Bath University was a fantastic university to, to be at, not too far from home, but far enough. <laughs> far enough to take the laundry back. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, just a couple of um, questions that come to my head, and they're not just the questions for question sakes, but um, when I go um, to schools or talk at career fairs and stuff, uh, one of the things that comes up, and that re relates to what your passion is for um, women in property as well, but was there such a thing for you as well where I have been told sometimes the girls are told, uh, you know, engineering is not for you or it's not for girls and I'm not, I'm not, I'm, things are changing. So, but these are the things which have been told even recently to me. And for me, it's disbelief. And did you have any experience, but, but you had the role modeling part of it from your, from your family, from your dad. So was that helpful to counteract? Uh, sorry, there are several things going on in my head. Um, yeah, I, I don't feel as though I've had too many obstacles and actually that's probably about the person that I am that I just think right I'll have a piece of that or I'll go and try that and I'm not afraid to actually kind of go and try things um, and as you say I was really lucky to have family uh, although no females obviously male role models um, to look up to but yes that's primarily why I kind of stepped into women in property because I was in an industry so my BTEC for instance I was one of two females in the first year, but in the second year, the other female dropped out. So I was the only female on the course, but I absolutely loved it on the basis that I was actually one of the best students. <laughs> and I, I feel as though I had something to prove almost to actually say, look, it really doesn't matter um, who you are. It's how you apply yourself. And actually, if you enjoy it, then go for it. So yeah, Women in Property was, was that platform really that joined like-minded people together and gave you the opportunity to share experiences, whether they were good or 
or bad and actually find out how you deal with them and actually if they are good then how can we share that more and as you say go into schools to say here we are you know look at us we're doing it we can help you find a way to to do it if that's something that you want to do so know that the school engagement has been a big part of wanting to actually share our my journey but also others journeys and talk about how you get into the industry I think as you say there is still a a perception that it's it's for you know it's dirty and it's It's that bob the builder image yeah yeah you literally lay bricks and I still can't there is a part of me is like surely surely in today's day and age that is not the image and perhaps it isn't after a certain level but by that level people have already picked their careers but if you go in the younger generations the books they're reading are showing that and they don't kind of show you the range of what building a building is kind of thing or yeah it's much better though we are in such a better place than we were even like 15 years ago and there are so many amazing books um, from female engineers and talking about females in the industry so we are we are getting there and I think it's for us to challenge back when we do see those perceptions and people raising it or challenging behaviors that actually were supporting people and giving them the the tools to actually challenge back and say no we're here we're as we have as much right to be here and and there are lots of opportunities so yeah and it's it's quite interesting isn't it because there are so many people who become a part of your journey as well and they they can be male role models or female role models i mean i was talking to vanessa which who we both know and uh, all our careers have been defined by all the people who have helped you along the journey and we have both of them we have some amazing uh, amazing people men and women supporting us through the journey so it's yeah it's there's there are so many lovely people supporting you so indeed i think the challenge that you have is that people feel as though they haven't got something to offer and actually we all have our own unique journey and even though it is unique it's there's something there that someone might actually find really useful to think oh actually yeah I'm seeing something or I'm struggling with that and talking to someone just about how you've got to where you've got to is incredibly valuable so I think yeah it's for for all of us to start talking more about what we do and and how we do it. Uh, you uh, you mentioned about some people mentioning about not doing BTEC before you went to uni. Uh, that's very interesting as well, isn't it? Because you still stuck with it and you're like, no, this is what I want to do. So you, you also alluded that you're, you, you're not uh, fearful of making those decisions. And does that, how do you play that part in your head? Uh, just like, do you like have a pragmatic approach on decision making or... No, I probably worry, overly worry about, oh, you know, what, why am I doing it? What am I doing? I, ha- I have a tendency to say yes to many things and then suddenly afterwards think, oh, God, how am I going to do that? Or why did I say yes? <laughs> but actually that, that has got me into amazing opportunities where I've just thought, yeah, why not? And then thinking, crikey, why have they chosen me and how can I bring something to that? But just try it you know, what's the worst can happen really. So yeah, a number of those things have, have, have given me an opportunity to, to really challenge myself. 
So I'm sure we'll we'll pick up, you know, my hash. So my hashtag and my mantra is stand tall. Yes. You can't see today, but I'm only four foot eleven. So it's much more about being being big and going for it and actually stepping outside of your comfort zone. And yeah, there's lots of things that have come from from using that terminology and just kind of going going for it i uh, i just uh from that I, I i don't know if i spoke to you about this the last time we met but do you know the tv program ted lasso about the i've heard of it but I haven't yeah heard. and there is this character who is the general manager of a football club she's a woman and she says that every time she's about to go into a charged meeting where she you know, it's a very sort of male dominated, similar to perhaps construction as well, or even more, I, I don't know either way. But when she would go into those meetings, she goes into the toilet and does this thing about standing tall like a tree and just kind of bringing that energy. And it just felt like that right now, Rachel, when you're yeah, explaining yeah. it. And, you and, need and those I moments think, sometimes, don't you? Do. And I think I think it is, you know, there are certain things that if I do a big speech in front of, you know, two, 300 people, I will have that moment to just take yourself away and take some deep breaths. Um, I practice yoga and then that for me is a very good leveling, balancing aspect of my life. So you do just kind of take take some deep breaths and slow yourself down. But actually the, the adrenaline that you get before doing that actually motivates you into those things so I think a lot of people say that they get stressed and worried but actually some of that is quite good and you don't want to not have that because I think you'd be a bit blasé and and probably wouldn't then do as an amazing job so yeah I I try to kind of use that and thrive on it um, as much as you can I still get very stressed, but it's kind of like... Which is, which is so nice of you to say that because a lot of young young talent get stressed about those things where being noticed, should I say this in a meeting? Because, and those are the moments where you you should, you, sh- you have a voice, use it. And yeah. yes, maybe it's a wrong thing or a wrong idea. No, no such thing as wrong idea, but perhaps it's not relevant for that point, but it's okay. Yeah. And the simple things like just asking questions. Yes. If you if you don't know what you've been asked or you're you're asked to do something that's a new task and you don't say anything, then then you're not going to learn yourself. But if you are start asking questions and find out where you're meant to be going and not be afraid to do that, you'll grow much, much quicker and further. So just not nice. being afraid. No. Yeah, it's like uh, I um, um, I tell the team sometimes it's like you need to learn to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Oh yes, uh, and that's where the growth happens because if you're not, then you're just you're you're sometimes you need that you need that level pace and you know what you're doing and but when you have those opportunities just yeah jump in and uh, see what happens but that brings me like is that how your involvement in association with women in property started was it a chance or meeting where you were like let me see this seems like something nice or was it something you were really passionate and got involved in I, I was really passionate. I think again through university, there were there were you know a number of females on the course, but again it was in we were there in the minority. So I think I was very aware that joining a practice that there were again fewer ar- female architects um, and just fewer females in and around the industry. So when I saw some events being advertised that were about 
that community I thought well I'll go and I'll go and have a have a look and see see what what it's all about and so I joined initially just as a member and went to a few events and started to kind of talk more broadly about the committee and I joined the Southwest Committee probably in about 2008 so I joined as a member in about 2006 that was kind of a couple of years post qualification and I think as an architect because it takes so long to get qualified that's always the end goal for such a long time but when you get there it's like what next what do I do it's like Um, an anti-climax it is it is (laughs) yeah yeah so I think it was it's finding those other elements that can motivate you and, and get you inspired and I think working with a number of females in the industry certainly did that and this was it females from all different disciplines and that's what really interested me was widening out my knowledge and my network to other people from an engineering construction you know all, all types of disciplines so joining the committee was obviously the next step and I was on the committee up until my national role recently so that was a a long a long commitment but I loved it absolutely loved it so I went into the regional chair role in um, 2017 in the southwest and we'd grown that region to one of the second the second largest region in in women in property and so then I was approached to do the national role which I kind of I fell off my seat and thought oh my god and this was like complete imposter syndrome I can't do that. Why have they asked me? And it was it was a fantastic platform. All of the opportunities I've had through Women in Property have been an amazing platform to to grow both Stride to Ground's profile, but also my own profile and my network. And so that's really kind of led into how I started to do my role in business development was was the the confidence and the network that that the Women in Property so, um, Committee gave me. And so my national role was um, from 2021 to 2022. So I finished that in March this year, which was a, both a relief to finish it, but also it was... It was sweet. Yeah, it was a great, great opportunity to work with all of the regions. We were obviously coming out of COVID, so there were challenging times. Very challenging year, wasn't it? Yeah, but it, the community and the just the togetherness and that support that you get from working together with amazing, amazing women and drawing in, as you say, sort of male allies, all the events who are open to non-members and members are open to both male and female. Um, I think people forget that, but the membership is is female-based. The mentoring and the outreach to schools and everything are, are looped into everything that women in property do. So it has been, it's been an, an amazing organization to be part of. And as I say, really, really helped grow my my career. So so as a as a chair um, in one of probably I would define like one of the most difficult years, to be honest, because of the uncertainty. I mean, how many people can say in their lifetime they have been through a pandemic? What was the most? Um, yeah, actually, I do. I do say that when people people do say, you know, oh, you know, I've gone through these many uh, recessions and I'm like, have you gone through a pandemic? <laughs> but anyway, um, what was uh, what was your most? Um, valued addition that you felt like wow I can't believe we did that through that through that period was there any project sorry um, I'm- <laughs> yeah no no it put me on the spot well I mean there were a couple of things really the fact that you were able to join events from across the country so the fact that we all went virtual 
And even now we're doing CPDs still virtually, which means that someone in Scotland can join a CPD to one in Truro. And actually seeing the connection across each of the regions of women in property has brought us much, much closer together as an organization. Rather than rather than the regional element of it, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So each of the regions still run their own events and still have their regional committees, but actually there is a lot more togetherness and sharing of, oh, right, okay, we've seen an event in the Southwest, we could duplicate that in the Midlands or Northwest. So that that for one was was a benefit because actually it gave people the opportunity to to access a lot more and it opened um, up a bit more as well isn't it for yeah everyone? yeah nice. and i think there were things that came out from the pandemic and through that couple of years that i think people were much more in tune with their health and well-being it gave, you know that has been part of a much wider business awareness now and we were doing some incredible events lots of CPDs and um, you know learning and support and through furloughing we were supporting a number of members but actually more recently it's been those events that have got people out from behind their screens and out from their desks so one event that I um, started in my national year was the step into summer event which was a which was a walking challenge And so we had um, a number of teams across the country that were all walking, competing against each other for the number of steps for two weeks, raising money for two charities. And that has grown year on year now to an event where we had over 100 100 people. And it's been it's been really great. So although that isn't, you know, something, I suppose, as a learning industry based it's about people getting together. Coming together, yeah, exactly. And, support, and, doesn't, and supporting each other. So, And sometimes it doesn't every time need to have an agenda, does it? No. It could be just coming, showing up and yeah. uh, uh, supporting something better. Oh, so, so things like the net, the networking and all of those kind of things, just getting people out from the screen um, have been really well received. Absolutely fantastic. How, what was the journey for you? Have your own podcast, Stand Tall, um, and I've, I I have listened to a few. You know that, and it's so inspiring. All these inspiring guests. Like, what was the journey for? How did that all fit in with everything else you do, Rachel? That's the other thing I want to ask. How do you manage and organize so many initiatives? And yeah, I think I'm, <laughs> I think I imagine that I'm a bit like Hermione from Harry Potter with the time turner and. Um, that I can just kind of <laughs> evaporate from event to event. I think I just love what I do. So I put in 110%. And yeah, I think it's now getting to points where I do need to actually review what my values are and what I want to say yes to and what I want to say no to, because there are offers coming left, right and centre just to kind of think, oh, yeah, that's that sounds really good, but I can't do it all. So, but you asked about the podcast. So very much like you, I think during lockdown, I suddenly got really interested in, in podcasts and they were a game changer for me you know my 45 minute walk that I was doing during lockdown was a perfect length to dial into a podcast and learning so much from a, a huge amount of people so when it came to my national year for women in property 
I'd used my hashtag and my mantra stand tool during my regional chair year. And we said, doesn't that sound really good to try and join some of these conversations together and talk to people about how they have done something inspiring, made a difference, their own sort of stand tool um, aspect. So it started from there. And you know, when I finished my national chair year, I just thought there was an opportunity to carry that on. And I absolutely loved doing it. So we've just finished season two um, and we're already t- talking about season three. So <laughs> look out for that in 2023. 100%. Do you have any um, special moments from some of the guests without you don't have to name them, but like where you learned that, wow, this, this is inspiring or yeah. I should do this? Lots. I mean, all of them, uh, even just doing the research behind that. And I'm sure you do similar, you know, you you research your guests and you understand what makes them tick and what motivates them and what they've been doing. So a number of them, it's, it's incredible when you start to talk more personally about just their hobbies and things like that. So a few of them, both industry and non-industry. So hopefully we might talk a little bit about uh, Kate Webb and and the journeys and the adventures um, and the trips that she ran, but also Alice Williams from Schneider Electric um, and just understanding and the learning that we can take from other sectors. So especially with her role in a lot of the women's networks and um, diversity and inclusion um, agendas that she's looking at, but in a different sector. But you know, it's all very, very similar or we can learn from each other. So those those um, discussions were, were really inspiring, as all of them have been. <laughs> of course, yeah, of course. I mean, it was, um, it was not to, um, it was one of the things I learned when I was doing my course recently for sustainability. And uh, it was very eye-opening for me because, you know, you end up zoning into your sector, as it were, and you, you don't necessarily blank out everything outside but you end up doing that because you're so focused and during this course it ended up making me realize that there are so many strands which are so interconnected and you know that but it was on a next level and i guess um you're talking about the same thing perhaps as well it's like it's there is a common theme and we had a strategy session this week and it was the same thing it was like six or seven common themes and all our business leads were talking about it in a different language sometimes it's just expression is a different way of expressing and but it's it's all linked isn't it it, it, it is. And just maybe finding what's relevant, but actually and learning. learn from that. Exactly. Yeah. And where you then take that. So, yeah. Yeah, it was it was like with sustainability, it was uh, some of the some sectors are really far ahead than construction or property would be um, from uh, supply chain because they have been doing CSR for a long time, manufacturing and whilst you feel like oh they're not you know that's not that's not what would give us a learning in our field but actually there's so much because they've already done that and it could be linked but you have just never thought of it in that way uh, which was quite interesting you touched on um, 
diversity and inclusion, gender equality, and we touched on it earlier as well. Um, is that is that something through your association in women in property as well? Are you seeing um, a change? Have you seen a change? And I know you said things have changed a lot in 15 years, but from that perspective, when you're looking at your networking, does that feel like it's going in the right direction? I think so. And I think we were even just talking, uh, myself and another board director yesterday, about the change of actually, I suppose, an enabling more younger staff to be out and about networking or, you know, just connecting at their level. Whereas in our days, you know, it was very much, oh, it's the directors that do that and we we don't. So you think the change of attitude in actually just supporting people to to grow and ha- have that opportunity. But from a diversity and inclusion side, I, I, we quite often quote at the moment, you know, the graduates that are coming through and, you know, that we bring into our business and, and see across across the industry, they're kind of saying, well, what, what, what's the problem? You know, we're 50-50 at university now. I know there are some, some courses which aren't um, and still need a lot of encouragement, but it's, re- it's retaining as much of that expertise and knowledge as we grow into more senior roles. And we do see that cliff edge or drop off where there are females leaving the industry. Um, And that isn't necessarily about work-life balance or families. This is just about the perception of the long hours culture, um, not being supported, the challenges that they're facing. Um, You look at females on site and the site roles, and there are some amazing site managers who are female, but they are so few and far between. Mm. Um, So I think it's, as we started off really talking, it's about the visibility and having that network to sort of share experiences because there are some really valuable knowledge and um, I suppose just how people have got through certain scenarios that can kind of help you okay. get through that. So, so no, I mean, inclusion diversity goes much broader than obviously just gender. Um, and I yes. think that's the key thing at the moment that, you know, we are now looking much, much wider and, and, and trying to, to support people coming into the industry and retaining them in the industry. So it's about that retention, promotion and, and, and yeah, uh, attraction. And then also it's like people do look at a, an organization and try to link, isn't it? Like if I see someone like me, I immediately feel a bit calmer, like, okay, they, yeah. they, they kind of have someone like that, or it, it could equally stop you that, it looks like an organization where I might, it's a perception. It is a wrong perception, but it's a perception which you can't help. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. You have had decades in this career now, uh, and you, you told us how many different things you have done, Rachel. Is there anything which you really, really enjoy? I mean, you've serving, you've done serving, you said architecture, you, you've dabbled with engineering colleagues as well. Is there anything yeah, that think- really you love? Uh, well, uh, the the one moment that I really remember being a, a major stand tall moment was when uh, one of the well, the chairman at Stride Stride Clown at that point um, said to me, "Well, uh, there's an opportunity here for a secondment to Heathrow. Would you be interested?" And 
I kind of thought, me? Are you sure? (laughs) So I went up for an interview and I was sat in one of the offices at the edge of the runway at Heathrow in this office that had a glazed uh, window looking onto the runway. And I was just thinking, I've got to get this. I've really got to get this job. (laughs) And I did. And that was like incredible. So that was such a game changer for me to be have the comfort of the business that I knew and loved but to have the opportunity to work elsewhere that no one knew me so I was kind of starting afresh but I was working on uh, the refurbishment of Terminal 1 at Heathrow which is no longer there but no. <laughs> um, I was know, about we, to say long time ago <laughs> well this was back in 2008 yeah. and I was working with Grimshaw Architects so I was client side, so I was managing, helping manage them design um, the refurbishment project. It was at the time that T5 was opening, so it was such a thriving buzz of um, an environment. I'm a bit of a plane geek as well, so it was ticking a lot of boxes. Wow, that must be like, you were there all day then. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and I stayed in a hotel a couple of nights a week because, of course, I was commuting from Bath up to Heathrow. Wow. And it was just the independence, the confidence, but also being in such an exciting environment. So that that was a real stepping stone for me to... To, to just go for it and see what happens. Um, and I absolutely loved it. And I'm in contact with many, many people that I worked with then. And I think that's what I tell so many people. You can't make any enemies because you never know when they're going to come up. And actually, the people that you work with, no matter what level you're at, they will be growing up through businesses as you are. Um, and they are friends for life, essentially. So there are huge amounts of people that I really do keep in contact from from those days that I absolutely loved. So that was one 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 sort of aspect. Um, but there are there are other projects when I was actually a you know a project architect that I do sort of think back very, very fondly of when I, I tell people that I was a Revit champion. You know, I was one of those people that was beta testing Revit before it was officially out. And some of the projects that we were doing were literally there to try and break Revit just so that they could learn how how the product was working. So so I, I was one of those and I absolutely loved doing that. You know, as I said, I was very technical. So I loved the kind of the aspects that we were looking at doing room data sheets and access databases and things all along those times. So one of those projects that I remember um, using Revit for was the Royal Holloway Lecture Theatre, which has a folded copper roof. Um, and so we we couldn't have designed that if we hadn't got that product and Revit. And I had to detach all of the walls before I edited the roof every time that we were we were manipulating that. But it was it was great. And I absolutely love those days. So, yeah, people forget, I think, when they see me as a board director, you know, I, I used to be in the thick of actually running projects. <laughs> Which is, which is the, yeah, it's, it's like, um, I don't know, a lot of people, including Joe Wicks, I heard said as well, success looks like the 10 year journey is forgotten and it looks over overnight, or I'm not suggesting 10 years, like the decades are forgotten and it feels overnight and it feels like, which is quite nice in role modeling because people then can feel like they can touch it, feel it so they can get there. Um, that That is a whole part of doing the business of building podcast as well, that yeah. you have role models all around you um, and there's a story, but you can't not appreciate 
as you said, being in the thick of it, being championing the projects you deliver and staying outside, you know, not even going home for a couple of days in a week and just accepting that as a part. And yeah, because um, it was a work-life balance you alluded to, Rachel, as well. And I get asked quite a lot and it's it sometimes feel like the, the expectation is that there is a short way of getting there. And there isn't, is there? And I'm just like, you just have to work hard. I don't know what else. I do, but I think, you know, I've learned over the years and that's kind of primary really why I sort of moved away from doing, you know, a project architect role was that I was burning myself out. I was I was feeling as though I had to prove myself really hard. I was over committing to doing lots of things. And at that point, I was doing a lot of client facing aspects. So I was out and about at all hours and I had to make a decision. Do I stick with the project architect or do I do a bit more of the winning work business development side? And it felt at that point that actually let's let's give it a go. I'll go and try doing more of the business development side and you know, I haven't looked back. It was the, it was a good decision, but it was quite a risk at that point to to move away, having trained so long to become an architect. But that was one of those moments that I did have to look at work life balance, um, start to look at my values, what what really meant was valued to me in terms of why I was doing things, and also things that I've learned very much. Um, over the years, getting things in my diary that are for me means that other people won't take that time. Mm. So, you know, I have my yoga classes in my diary. I, when I presented to the board to actually become a board director, I, I said my alarm clock is never set before 6am. Um, that for me is, is you know, I, I need my sleep. If I am needed, I will be at a meeting early, but I will stay over the night before or, you know, things like that. I know people are up at like 4 or 5 a.m. traveling three hours to get to a meeting. I just know that I can't perform when I'm when I'm under that pressure or, you know, those are important things for me to keep going and do what I do. So those boundaries and understanding what those boundaries are and I have those and that I try and keep to them and that's what keeps me going. So. Fantastic. You you organized some fantastic trips as well, you told me about. Could you uh, could you elaborate on those and what is the vision with those trips uh, and uh, how did that come about, Rachel? Because I would like to join one day. Uh, <laughs> be great. Um, this, this is me yeah. putting it out there in the universe next year. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, watch this space. Um, so this actually came through Women in Property again. So I was at an event and I heard Katie Toms from WSP and Kate Webb, who um, runs the business Orbis, talking about an expedition that they'd done to Malawi. And it was about joining women together and going and, and finding a purpose and helping people over in Malawi, working with business women, but also working with school children over in a school in Malawi. And I just thought, I've got to do that. That just sounds incredible. Um, this was one of those things that I just sort of thought, right, I'm doing this. I hadn't even talked to my husband. <laughs> and I just thought, right. Kate, it was similar. She'd sort of looked me up and thought, actually, Rachel would be a really good person to come onto the trip. And she was trying to convince me to do it. And I was just like, yeah, I'll do it. So You were, you were keen. <laughs> so these trips 
so I went in 2019. That was my first trip to Malawi, my first trip to Africa. And I was blown away. It was just an extraordinary trip, an extraordinary experience uh, with both personal lessons learned and also then just working with the business women over there who are extraordinary and there's as much we can learn for them as we can help Skillshare but also just the environment. Uh, Malawi is the warm heart of Africa and it's an extraordinary place so more people need to know where it is and uh, just absolutely take note and and yeah look it look it up so I'm so I was due to lead a trip there in 2020 for obvious reasons that didn't happen and every year since then we've been trying to get this trip happening so fingers crossed in April 2023 I am leading a group of 10 ladies over to Malawi and we've tweaked and changed the trip slightly from my experience back in 2019 so we are going over we're having two days working with business women in Blantyre um, and then we go on a mountain hike for two days and on to Mount Melange, which is just extraordinary. And we stay in very, very basic mountain huts there. But again, it's about that self-learning, um, self-confidence um, and working as a team. So we do that and then we head to make Lake Malawi and we work with Rainbow Hope Secondary School over there. And we've got two days working with the with the school on exactly skill sharing, talking about our our careers, but we're also hoping to bring in some of the ladies from the business workshops in so that they can share their story. And then, yeah, we have a, a night on Mumbo Island, which is an off-grid eco island on Lake Malawi. And so that's the 10-day trip to Malawi. Um, but Kate Webb uh, and I have lots of ideas of um, various other uh, trips. And she's just started to run uh, trips in Morocco and looking at other places which are a little more closer to the UK. So shorter flights and just that ability to find a purpose and travel with a purpose. Um, so understand, you know, that you're you're doing it for a reason. And so in Morocco, they work for education for all. And I had signed up to do the trip in 2021. And just unfortunately, it was Omicron COVID uh, times that stopped us doing that. So I'm, again, hoping that I will get out there and um, work with Education for All at some point. But they are, I have travel as a passion, you know, w working in airports and things were, were kind of like, ticking so many boxes on on passions and interests for me but just that travel aspect um, and the things that you can learn from so many other cultures and and experiences so that for me is is a is a major a major um interest um and it's things beautiful as well excited inspired yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, it's yeah you take inspirations from so many different places isn't it and yeah. uh just keeping that ticking and going just, you, you know what is interesting rachel the team like from all the chat we have had today one of the and this is just outside looking in so you can correct me you you are so much about partnerships like oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so interesting yeah because even from the colleagues you said you've worked with and you've kept in touch partnerships for your trips partnerships at work networking partnerships in women in property how amazing yeah so i actually changed my job title earlier this year 
and I am the director for partnerships across the business. And that was exactly that because I I enjoy and I hope that I can be the connector between between people, but between businesses as well. You know, I'm not a trained person in marketing or sales, but I do love just being able to talk to people and listen more importantly and understand what their needs are and and see how we can make something better or do something that really improves other people's lives so yeah so it's interesting you pick up on that <laughs> yeah and it's like you know I, I i did i obviously have spoken and i had picked up at that time on linkedin um about the director of partnerships but i didn't this time and I just now it all makes sense. It all comes together. Sorry, it, it, I I didn't make that link at that time when I looked it up, and now it it's so amazing. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, I um you know thank you so much for today. But, but there is a parting question. We have a small tradition. Uh, what I mean, you have touched on it a couple of times, but is there like a biggest risk you have taken where you? you felt like, what am I doing with my life? And I hope it works out. Yeah. And I, th- I think I, I, w- I will sort of come back to that point where I changed, changed a bit of my career. And I use this when I talk to people. Now, there's a podcast, another podcast people can listen to called Squiggly Careers. Yes. Um, and they talk about the scramble net of careers. And I think very much for an architect, it's such a linear, linear role that actually when you start to kind of ebb and flow and and look at other things, you get worried because you're not following that linear path. But actually, there's so much if you start to look beyond that. So, yeah, the biggest risk, I think, was when I stepped away from being a project architect. Um, I even had people that were kind of like, well, why would you want to do that? You know, you're doing a great job or, you know, you are, you know, you are a good project architect. Why are you suddenly giving all of that up? And I'd say that I I didn't give up anything because I, you know, the ability of being an architect and the knowledge that I have of the industry underpins everything I do. Um, but no I one is get, taking that away, is it? Like no, exactly, exactly. So I've just found something else that really motivates me and inspires me, and hopefully, you know, inspires others. So yeah, it, it was a risk. And I could have gone back to doing that. That was the thing. I had a fallback, but actually I found something else to to try and, and thrive on. Which is so, I, I if I may draw upon a very similar experience when I ended up uh, going from co- corporate jobs into entrepreneurship, that was the time where even I was asking myself, like, forget about people, that is this the right thing? I'm on a good career trajectory. Like, and then you always, that was the thing that, okay, if it doesn't work out, I can always get a job back or yeah. I, I can always go back to what I knew what, because that can't be taken away. So maybe perhaps in my head, I gave myself a bit of time. If it doesn't work out in this time, then I know that is the cutoff time when I have to go back kind of thing. So yeah. That, yeah. And, and maybe I had, you know, the safety net was that it was all within the same business. They knew me. We'd had discussions about the opportunities but it was actually, you know, for me and me alone to kind of sculpt that path in terms of I had I had the flexibility and the opportunities to just make it 
what I wanted to make it. And I was very grateful that the business allowed me. And and yeah, that's got me to being on the board and 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 setting and helping other people follow their paths as well. So Rachel, that was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for joining us for the last episode of this season where we'll have a guest. The next one would be for sure me sharing the year with you, what has happened and just wrapping up before the festive season, which is very exciting. Um, All of us need a break. And uh, yeah, it's just construction industry normally during Christmas um, really slows down in property and construction. So which is quite a nice time to reflect and I thought it would be a nice way to reflect with all of you of whatever we have learned over the past season from our guests and also wrapping up the year with all of you and sharing some of my experiences Um, but Rachel was absolutely a brilliant way to um, just you know being the last guest on uh, season one and I can't be more grateful for sharing her journey with us Rachel thank you so much again and uh, to all our listeners please share subscribe and like Uh, we really look forward to hearing from you it's always nice for me to hear from uh, people uh, telling me that they heard this episode and found this interesting so please do not hesitate to reach out as well Um, thank you again for listening and see you on the next one thanks